You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. When we met, we quickly discovered that we had this in common. And when I say we, I'm talking about my guest today, Rebecca. I'm so excited to be here. I, I'm going to get bragging rights. Are you going to give out like a medal at some point in your podcasting career to the most frequent guest star? And do I get to win it? Do I? Do I? Do I? <laughs> I don't think you are the most. You're tied. You're tied. <gasps> mm-hmm. Okay. I can live with that. <laughs> but anyway, we bonded over <laughs> Peter Pan, yes. which is what we're talking about today. Yes. And oh, man, I really hope we're going to have to find a good balance between the tangled web of our childhood working things out through the story and the sheer charm of it because it's a delightful topic but yes I and I think we can do both and I want to do both yes that's what I set out to do here so that's that's life you got to do both very important it it is tangled and and kind of complicated (laughs) and and I I'm glad we can do this one together because I feel like of all my friends, you have a similar mm, relationship with Peter Pan? Well, we're about to find um, out just how similar. This could be nerve-wracking. <laughs> so we'll we'll start out um we'll start out simple and see how far how deep we go down the rabbit hole, huh? <laughs> Pull! Let's do this. <laughs> so out of the many, many, many adaptations. Mm. What are some of your favorites? And I'm talking, you know, there's books, there's musicals, there's, of course, movies. All the things. I had to sit and really think about it because if you'd asked me that question back when I was, you know, 12 to 18 years old, it would have been a very different list than now. Um, And so right now, um, I mean, there's obviously the original book, but adaptation wise, book wise, I, Peter and the Star Catchers. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Who is the author? Uh, oh, authors Dave Barry and yes, Ridley Dave Pearson. Barry. Yep. Pearson, yes. Um, probably is the best adaptation I found for the classic story vibes. Um, and I have another one that I just bought called Dust by Kara Swanson mm. that I am excited to try, but I haven't touched it yet. So we're not going to call that a favorite yet. It is pending. Um. But then film-wise, honestly, nowadays, my favorite Peter Pan-related films are uh, Spielberg's Hook, and then, believe it or not, the Finding Neverland movie, which is about Mm. writing Peter Pan, the book. And what would you say, Some, if, if we had been doing this way back when, what would you have said then? Probably, I mean, the, the original animated Disney film, of course. Um, mm. And then we used to get the super old VHS recording from the library of a play version that had been made into a film. So like you could see the strings making Wendy fly and there was some background, but not a ton. And honestly, I was so young at the time. I don't know if it was like a, a famous version or something, but it had some very strong moments that stuck with me like the the arrow hitting the button on a chain around Wendy's neck that have stuck in my head all this time 
Do you happen to remember the name of the act? I'm assuming it's an actress who plays Peter. Definitely, definitely. And I want to say, no, I do not remember. <laughs> I do not remember okay. the name. It was so old. I mean, we're talking 20 plus years ago. It was old for the time. So I'm wondering if it's the same one. My sister really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. a stage production that had been filmed. And there was a... All I remember is her first name, Mary. Uh, that, that, mm-hmm. Were the colors, mm-hmm. like, very washed out or black and white? Um, they were washed out, but it was still color. Okay. I, I remember very faded colors. Mm. But it, I mean, and that could also have depended on the VHS. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those were my favorite versions. And then I remember the version that we watched at your house a long time ago of did James Horner do the soundtrack no James Newton Howard uh, James Newton Howard James see Newton that Howard. that way back when that would not have been one of my favorites mm-hmm. but now it is mm-hmm. and even way back when the music has always been very important to me yeah um but I I re-watched that one that so that one was a live action Peter Pan made in 2003 mm-hmm. And now I really enjoy that one. And I would say that and Peter and the Star Catchers are mm. my favorites right now. Wait, would you say that the that particular, was that one just called Peter Pan? Yes, it was. This is going to get so confusing. <laughs> well, and because then we should also mention the... Pan? Yeah. <laughs> which, which is the only one we have ever seen together for the first time. Yes, it was under traumatic and circumstances have you seen it- too. So like biased audience. Have you seen it since? No, Pan? but I honestly, I bought the recording of the cast and crew singing the Nirvana song <laughs> to play just casually around the house. So every once in a while, I suddenly picture... <laughs> Hugh Jackson in his, his little Spanish conquistador outfit walking around singing Nirvana with the cast and crew. <sighs> I feel like that one this is gonna this is a this is a weird line of thought and I don't know if it's even accurate. You might wildly disagree. I feel like the Peter Pan we were talking about earlier pushed the story a lot more toward almost a uh, uh, a female aspect, traditionally female aspect, in that there were there was a little bit more of a romantic nod hinted at. There was more emphasis on, I want to say, there's more emphasis on the mermaids as opposed to Pan, which really struck me as being like the little boy version of Peter Pan. Huh, that's a very interesting thought. Because you have, you know, yeah. you're, you're getting kidnapped and it's adventure and there's sky pirates and there's rock music and there's mines and there's really more more is put on the Indians. Yeah, that's very interesting. I now I kind of almost want to watch it again with that perspective in mind, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever really want to see that again. The Nirvana song was the best part. Well, that and um, that bit where they had the trampoline set up and they were doing the bouncing off the trampoline to the warrior poses on the pole. I honestly don't remember (laughs) anything. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was... That sounds fun. Full disclosure, people. We watched it before we had our first, like, serious friend fight and... I had to awkwardly sit in a restaurant later and make the poor waitress super uncomfortable. So a lot of that night has been blotted from our memories. 
I was it was it like there was like a crystal type thing that functioned almost like a drug. It was a little weird. It was like pixie crystal. That could things. that might have been. I I think what turned me off about that movie mm-hmm. is how much they diverged from the text. Now, like Peter and the Star Catchers does mm-hmm. in some very big like if you're a fan of the book, you're like uh uh uh. Yeah. But for some reason I was able to handle it with Peter and the Star Catchers mm-hmm. and with Pan it was like no, he didn't get kidnapped like what, <laughs> what nonsense is this? And and maybe having Hook have that he had like a southern accent for a while. Like that was weird. Yeah. It was an interesting concept. Yeah. Normally I would think any Peter Pan version, like I need I need magic elements. And for me, magic equiv- equates to sparkly. Like I need sparkly elements. I need flying. I need the beautiful absurdity of the idea of the second star to the right. And I need Weirdly enough, the original novel, I just realized this as I was prepping for this thing. The original novel is actually very emotionally distant. Yes, it is. And so I need a little bit of that in a Peter Pan movie. If you dial it in too much, it's, you know, there's no reason to watch the movie. But if you swing too far the other direction, suddenly I'm being asked to have all these grown-up feelings with a story that I associate with childhood and the dissonance there gets really uncomfortable after a while. So then what are some of the key elements that connect you to the Peter Pan story? Uh, well, the, that's a big question. I mean, the ones I already listed are what I look for in the, the, the things that I love from the original story and that therefore I look for in spinoffs and those kinds of things. And that's another, that's a big one. When I was a lot younger, the uh, escapism of it was very, very, very important to me. I remember days when I was actually crying because it wasn't real. But now, now I've been able to kind of shuffle it into this space where Neverland is good to visit. And it's good to visit and it's good to come back. So it's more of Neverland that does that well, for I, you. I mean, or or is it the, the whole concept of not growing up? Mm, now it's the concept of Neverland because it's like when I first saw Hook, I hated it because Peter Pan doesn't grow up. What have you done? Um, but now that I have myself grown up, I've learned to love Hook and that idea of you can circle back. You can grow up and still enjoy the childlike moments. But I think, honestly, I don't know. I cannot get my brain to go back to figure out if it was about growing up or if it was about adventure or if it was about going to a magical location or if it was about being needed because I didn't necessarily have a crush on Peter Pan. I wanted him to want my help like he wanted Wendy's. So for me, Neverland has always been super cool. And yes, I have also cried because it was not real. And there's something really interesting and also scary about the character of Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't like Hook (laughs) and why I didn't like Pan. Is for me, he, in my mind, he cannot grow up. Mm -hmm. That's so against his character. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know. Luke turning to the dark side or something. <laughs> it, it's it's just something that I can't get over. There's 
in the mostly in the original book, there's a couple key phrases that I just think about and I think are interesting about Peter is he laughs all the time and he's so happy, but in his dreams, he, he remembers the things that he forgets during the day and he's very, um, he has nightmares all the time. That meant something Mm -hmm. to me. Um, also, especially because I have very vivid nightmares Mm. sometimes. Um, and then another thing, I, I think it's even like the closing in the closing chapter of the book, there's a line about how, how, you know, Peter will never grow up and he will always be happy and carefree and selfish. <laughs> and that is how it helps. Yep. And, and that is so perceptive to me because children are inherently selfish. Mm-hmm. Something, uh, someone very wise once said to me, she said, we don't grow up for ourselves. Yes. We grow up for other people. Yeah. And that is certainly true of myself, Mm -hmm. of um, the things I have chosen to be as an adult are not things that I woke up one day and is like, yeah, I'm going to grow up. It was like, no, we have a choice. (laughs) Either we can do these things because it is right and it will help someone else or I will stay forever a child, even if in in my mind, and I will be completely selfish. Mm -hmm. And I, I even thought about how Peter Pan is the way he is because he forgets. Yes. And I thought the the inverse of that is we remember. Yep. That's very, I like that. That's very good. Back to a little bit lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Say you got to Neverland. What are your three top priorities? I mean, I, I would basically spend the first month just practicing flying. That That is key. Mm-hmm. I refuse to get there and not have a flying situation i would definitely need to figure out what the mermaid situation is like that's a piece that would need to be puzzled out depending on the uh version of neverland i wound up in some of them we're just not going to mess with and then that's literally the third thing would be i would need to immediately figure out which neverland i'm in so give us the the options here oh well just just think like are are, is there are there mines of crystal dust and people singing nirvana songs or (laughs) are are the mermaids the the flirty annoying ones or are they the kind of helpful ones or are they the terrifying ones that glow in the dark like what what is yeah that and well and chronologically where does it happen you know is this it's like the multiverse of the Neverlands. Uh, did I show up while Wendy's there? Did I show up pre-Wendy? Did I show up post-Wendy? Is Hook even still there? Are there still pirates? Hmm. All these things would immediately need to be established before I could mm-hmm. even hope to come up with any sort of vacation plan. <laughs> yeah, mermaids are pretty high on my priority yeah. list too. And I'm I'm not even sure... This is something that's always frustrated me about mm-hmm. the story is Wendy, like us, is inherently drawn yes. to the mermaids and the mermaids. Yeah, hate her. rude. So rude. And and so it's like, why am I still drawn to the mermaids? Like, should we just forget about the mermaids? But oh, mermaids and why aren't they nice? And I guess that goes into the whole uh, mermaid mythology <laughs> rabbit hole. Oh, gosh, it's a whole other <laughs> podcast, but. I don't know. For me, I think it was, I can make the mermaids like me. It'll be fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just because Wendy was, I mean, you know, the Disney, ver- the Disney Wendy was a mess. Oh my goodness. We could, we could. How so? She was kind of petty and kind of inclined to play games instead of communicate. And she was automatically jealous of Tiger Lily or the mermaids or anybody. And she was mean to Tinkerbell. And yeah. Tinkerbell's worse. <laughs> yes, but justifiably. Tinkerbell had been there longer. Not that, mm-hmm. not that I excuse Tinkerbell's behavior. That's a whole other whole other thing. But um, yeah. So yeah. For me, it was definitely a, I can do better with the mermaids. It'll be fine. I think it's interesting how um, there's some really weird stuff in the female characters, yes. you know? Uh, there's a lot of jealousy mm-hmm. and a lot of kind of crushing on Peter. Because I think every, <sighs> like, every female in Neverland is just... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter. <laughs> and, and the dating pool is very small and- there. <laughs> it's, it's Peter or the pirates choose. But, okay, I, I don't really like... Um, return to Neverland, but I do like that they they had the the a lost girl. Mm. That that is something I I will I give. Don't that know movie. if I've seen Return to Neverland. Okay, it it was a a sequel to the Disney Peter Pan. Okay, okay, um, and it was made in the oh like the early two thousands oh, um, okay. when they were experimenting. What am I saying recently? With... That was twenty years ago. Good grief. Okay. It was. They were experimenting with 3D um, in um in 2D oh, So like Hercules. So it's no oh, worse. Gosh. It's it, the the opening is is pretty. The idea is yes. cool. Hook kidnaps Wendy's daughter. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it's it's about Jane being kidnapped in Neverland, and the idea is cool. But the the ship is three D, and everyone is two D, and it it was that awkward time. And and I don't particularly care for Jane. They go the complete opposite. She's totally not into Peter, not into Neverland. I want to go home. Blah, 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 I'm blah, blah, a realist. Blah, blah, blah. She, she went to Neverland and wanted to automatically just go home right away. I believe so. I, I haven't seen that movie very many Block times. Block that one from your mind. Okay, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, and I mean, you have to because you have to have conflict. I, I think if That's either of us tried. would go, it would probably not be a very good story because we'd be like, whoopee! <laughs> and then there would just be all these mini Siri adventures that never have an overarching oh, plot. Oh, you know, I love a good monster of the week without with minimal overarching plot, but that's just me. So I can I can see why they did it, but they they did and and she does become friends with Tinkerbell, oh. which is kind of a cool thing and some redeeming things. Because yeah, and basically in every iteration of Peter Pan, none of the female characters, which are few mm. to begin with, like mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that we're gonna have to dig. You and I are gonna have to have a conversation about the Tinkerbell character someday because I'm just realizing that I haven't really paid attention to her. It, as a character like she's in there she's super important but I haven't sat there and gone hmm what is this about and now it's time for a random quote from our guest George McDonald's fan tastes which I realized after I picked the quote is actually kind of it, it's it's a portal fantasy so guy winds up in fairy tale world nowhere near as magical as Neverland is a little more creepy, a little more dark. 
Um, but they start off a lot of those chapters with quotes that they pull from other places. And so, embarrassingly enough, I can remember the quote, but I can't remember who's, who they quoted. So it's like a quote of a quote. But the concept is, at first I thought, almost despairing, this must crush my spirit now. Yet I bore it and am bearing. Only do not ask me how. So if you were given free range over a Peter Pan movie book thing, what oh would you do? I think I would make Peter too young to have any question of crush. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Can I ask why? Uh, oh yeah, I don't like writing romance. Um, or dealing with romance. Yeah. But, um... I also think there could be something really interesting and magical about having a younger main character. Now, of course, child actors, yada, 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 yada. But um, yeah. See, we're in, a, <laughs> in perfect a perfect world. world, we find a really good younger child actor. No, because then you'd have to balance that with having grownups, and then you're stuck with grownups. So I'm just going to use up all the airtime thinking about this out loud. I was just the other day remembering that I got to go see i've gotten to go see peter pan on stage twice um once was from like a college age group uh where someone that i knew personally got to be peter she did it was it was fabulous in that particular arrangement they had the pirate crew come out and heckle the audience in between scene changes (laughs) it was beautiful i love that it was so good. And then the other version was like a middle school production, uh, same school where we went to see Three Musketeers. Um, but there, but yeah, well, we saw that, we saw that one together, the middle school yeah, group. Yeah, where Hook was like the only, like the only teenager in the bunch. You were there too? I forgot about yes, that. Yes. That so cute. When the little, when the little so kids cute. in their little stretchy mermaid tails sat down on the edge of the stage on the little skateboards so they could roll back and forth while they were singing their little thing. There's something, there's something about the story that mm-hmm. lends itself super well to the hokier, slightly clumsier storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the slicker you make the story you're actually weakening the Peter Pan mythos. So I know you have all sorts of ideas about how you would do Peter Pan. I don't really know. I, I have played around in my head of, of writing um, a little story uh, involving mm-hmm. Peter, Peter Pan. And actually my favorite part... Okay, so I have <laughs> written... This is embarrassing, but I, ha- I have written some ah, Peter I love Pan it. fan I fiction. Love it. Like, this is really awkward, but um, I mostly did it just to kind of get these ideas out of my head. And one of them is um, writing about another fairy um, who's desperately in love with Tinkerbell. (laughs) And so this little fairy, his name is Terrence, and he's desperately in love with Tinkerbell, who hasn't, who doesn't want anything to do with him. And, and. I had fun, yeah, I had fun <laughs> writing about that. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, mermaids that don't yep, want to yep, kill yep. people. And, I like a good, um, the mermaid could kill you if it wanted to, but not like a, yes. they're automatically. Like, yes. I like that shifting. Like, as rough as 
parts of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides was. I liked how they did the mermaids. We'll just we'll skate on yeah. past that. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I I sit over here like, oh, I haven't written fan fiction. Well, the secret is I haven't written fan fiction, but I have like multiple fan fiction stories in my head that I play with at night if I can't fall asleep. So <clears throat> I don't think I have a Peter Pan one though. <laughs> yeah. Now, would it's, you keep fun? Would you keep the? Would you put a spin on the idea of the Indians? Yeah, that's. I haven't <laughs> written about that part <laughs> ever. Yeah. Because it's yeah. complicated. It's really, really complicated. Because, like, do um, and and also, yeah. Culturally speaking, the original book and the. Disney, the original Disney animated version, do not deal with the Indians yeah. by calling them Indians very well. Um, I think that is where Peter and the Star Catchers yeah. a little better, is yep. better because it's they're just the mm-hmm. inhabitants of this island, so they're vaguely Polynesian-ish, and they just happen to all be living there when the island becomes magical, and they just learn to. <laughs> deal with it which is really interesting and and i i have thought about this of like so do they never age but mm-hmm. how can you have a society like how does their society work and then how do they interact with you know in the in the original story they kind of have these mm-hmm. love hate relationship with the lost boys where they fight but it seems to yeah. be just kind of fine they sometimes they win sometimes the lost boy win boys win it's mm-hmm. kind of a game thinking about peter pan seriously the the natives on the island is where it gets really really complicated and strange asking us how we would do peter pan is like asking someone how they would film a biography movie about their childhood with complicated complicated political correct questions involved well and i do think that post disney movies have struggled with how to portray the I guess we'll call them Indians because the the book does, and you know the the two thousand three yeah. version indigenous people. That's much better. They had I forget what tribe she was from, but she was from the the girl who plays Tiger Lily is, and all the yes. uh, indigenous people are from actual tribes, and she speaks a bit of the language, mm-hmm. and it's it's treated much with more respect. But I'm not even sure how oh, well gosh. that holds up. I think there's still some weird problems with that. And then I don't know with Pan, <laughs> they took it in a completely uh, different direction. Asian flavor to it a little bit. You don't suppose is Peter Pan on the list of Disney animated movies to be remade with the realistic looking animation? Do you know? I that do would, not that, know. That would be a I don't think bold I don't think they're gonna touch that one. I think and I actually think that's why there hasn't mm-hmm. really been a lot. Um, in the past couple of years of it's yeah yeah it's hard to do yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what um, Return to Neverland just never I th- maybe they talk about mm-hmm. the Indians yeah. but they they never show them and it's it's just yeah. like that part is just kind of cut out which yeah probably a good choice for yeah, well, it's, that, it's, the, the, it's the, the struggle of the quote-unquote classic young boy needs to play, needs to run around, needs to let off steam. Ergo, we need to fight somebody. Who do we fight? Um, or young girl. I mean, I've I've had a few uh, a good a few good pirate duels down the hallway in my day. 
but in mm-hmm. my case i tend to i tend to put pirates on the other end not so much people groups it's like your vocation determines <laughs> whether you can be fought with as right to your heritage yeah <laughs> no that's a whole thing we're just yeah there would definitely need to be sparkly bits probably in the gold and green gold and green color which I'm still mad that green has somehow become the color of evil because green is not an evil color guys pull yourselves together that's true in the past couple of years that has mm. been kind of a evil been, motif or, and then blue is this the mm. technological motif just once I would like to see a cutting edge something mm-hmm. with purple lights please please <laughs> yeah oh I approve of that so then weaving into that tangled mess of of all the mm-hmm. Peter Pan feelings, um, if you had had the chance to stay in Neverland, would you have stayed? Yeah. It would have been the wrong choice, but I would have. I um, once read an unofficial sequel mm-hmm. to Peter Pan, and I do not remember what it's called, um, but it was it was it was pretty interesting there's a group of lost boys who have gotten too old mm-hmm. and so they're teenagers now oh. and peter has banished oh. them and then hook somehow has survived and like finds them in his turning it, 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 there was a mm. lot of complicated feelings and i i think peter pan does a a good job of talking about it but not really mm-hmm. talking about that threshold of becoming yeah. an adult and what does that mean and Unfortunately, I think for me, becoming an adult is like yeah. a betrayal of everything yeah. fun and adventurous. Which is a regrettable idea to plant. Yes, but I, I do still appreciate that it it yeah. is a loss and um, uh, kind of a, a grief of losing that <laughs> selfishness because you suddenly. <laughs> Maybe not suddenly, for maybe for some people it's sudden. For me, over the course of years and years, growing to understand there are people outside of myself mm. and the world does not revolve around me and I mm. can't just do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But what are, so, so to counteract that, I wanted to ask you, what are the benefits to growing up? How can we kind of redeem the Peter Pan narrative and be like, like what you said? Neverland is a fun place to visit, but we don't live there. For me, this is going to sound really kind of themed back into the conversation. Um, You get the benefit of taking Neverland to other people in that you have more control over your time and resources and the ability to travel places. And so you can't, this is me being the more social, social creature who likes to make things beautiful and magical and have moments with people. A benefit of being a grown-up is that if a friend is having a hard day, I can jump in the car, pick up a to-go queso, and leave it on their porch. And that's a little magical moment that I would not have been able to do if I was still under 12. And quite honestly, I play the writer card a lot and say I can create Neverland whenever I want to by sitting down in front of my computer. But I'm having trouble coming up with, like, really tangible things i know they're there do you have thoughts on this so one of the ideas that i have been exploring in my peter pan fanfic (laughs) which now everyone knows about uh, this is super embarrassing is that Mm -hmm. idea of remembering 
of actually Peter is not mm-hmm. as happy as he seems. And that he, remembering things and having a longer life can be sad. But then you get a lot of good things because you can relate to people. Mm-hmm. Peter can't comfort anyone because he doesn't understand mm-hmm. anything that anyone is going through. <laughs> but growing up, you can remember and you can relate to people. And that's important. And honestly, I was terrified because of growing up because I thought mm-hmm. I would never be able to have adventures yeah. like, like Peter does. Mm-hmm. And that is not true. I have had more adventures as an adult than I could have dreamed I would have as a child. Becoming an adult does not mean you are going to become. I mean, you can boring that you get, but it doesn't mean you automatically do. No, and there's honestly so much more on the on the other side of childhood. It's so much better. And then, of course, every once in a while, there's a day where you're like, I want to go back to Saturday morning movie and snacks on the carpet with a blanket. Thank you very much. And then you can. Some days you can. And then you get up the next day and you go back to work. It's all good. (laughs) Some days you can. I think that's what Mm -hmm. Peter Pan represents to me these days. Very. It's complicated. And it's sad. And it's happy and it's magical. And I'm not just talking about the story. I'm talking about being a mm-hmm. person and growing mm-hmm. up. It's all those things. It's sad and, and exciting and magical and weird. And once I realized that I kind <laughs> of had a choice and I, I couldn't stop mm-hmm. my body from growing up, sadly, but I did realize I I had a choice to mentally accept Mm -hmm. some difficult responsibilities or continue to live as Mm -hmm. a child. I have met people who it's, it's kind of shocking. It's like, Oh, you're right. You're how old and you haven't, you haven't learned this lesson yet because they, it's a real struggle. And I think I'll be honest. I didn't grow up until I was 24. I think I was lucky because I think some people yeah. take even longer. Yeah, well, it's kind of like we were talking about at the beginning, how the original Peter Pan story is very emotionally distant. And some of the best art is presenting a perspective mm-hmm. without comment or explanation. And so you could almost say mm-hmm. that part of the magic of the Peter Pan story is it encapsulates this time when you are emotionally distant from what you need to do in order to grow up, like that bubble of youth. I am youth. I am joy. Mm-hmm. I am freedom. And then allows us to come back to the real world and explore the difference, the spaces between an emotionally distant adventure and the life we're living and the things we're learning and the things we're remembering and the things we're moving forward with. Mm. Well said. So what does the Peter Pan story mean to you these days? (laughs) Can I just say what I just said? (laughs) Well, but I'm I'm also thinking of you. You mentioned that Hook and Finding Neverland have become more dear to you. And those are not 
directly the story yeah, of Peter Pan. Those um, are still very different. I enjoy the story of Peter Pan. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. It is entwined with my childhood in inextricable ways. But now I tend to have to think about the story in terms that relate it back to real life. And I don't know if that was like a mm. defense mechanism because it was so real and raw for a while, or if it's just where I am and the way I choose to be grown up is we visit Neverland every once in a while. And if we can visit it through the lens of adult life and just to not feel um, barred from Neverland, because once I hit a certain age, I would have meltdowns because I was now technically too old to ever have a chance to go to Neverland. And Neverland didn't even actually exist. I mean, like, come on. But I would have awful days. And so for me, I'm not even sure how to phrase it. Is this making sense? What I am trying to. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm yes. not even sure. Continue. where to... It. I have a a, a, <laughs> a joke with my therapist um, that I get very frustrated as a writer when I come across something that touches such deep emotions that it goes subverbal. Um, and that's what I'm struggling with right now because mm. you say the Peter Pan story and I'm suddenly back in the unfinished basement 20 years ago with my little blanket for fun sleeping on a shelf. <laughs> we had these very deep toy shelves and I figured out you could move the bins out and they made like a really tight little bunk. Listening to a record, an audio recording of the book off a little tiny cassette player before going to bed. You say Peter Pan and I am all sorts of places down memory lane and feeling feelings of magic and wonder and possibility and adventure and life with fewer responsibilities but also higher stakes and then as I go through those I'm realizing that I like some responsibility it makes me feel like I matter I like occasional mm. higher stakes but I like to be able to decide when I'm going to jump for those stakes instead of turning around a corner and there's a pirate. You know, I'm noticing, I think my Neverland experience has more to do with control and yours has more to do with something else that I haven't narrowed down yet. Hmm. So like the control of like, you know what? Well, like now it's, I can go like... back and visit it when I want, but I'm going to look mm. at it through these lenses that remind me that I can go back and visit it when I want, that I'm not barred from it, but it's also not consuming all mm. the things. I wanted to be, you know, this is like, like I said before with the Wendy and I wanted to replace the Wendy character as someone who was very useful and was respected and could manage the stuff. Little it's bit. almost like and fixing I, the problems. I don't like to think of myself as a fixer, but I definitely have a fixer streak. We'll put it that way. <clears throat> and I think it's kind of a mm -hmm. it's a very flawed story so maybe that is something that's um mm -hmm. why we get engaged so easily or maybe not easily but so deeply is you because you fill there's it with so more much to there are gaps that you bring your stuff and put it in the story yes yep yes that's exactly it
Well, thank you for <laughs> going light, <laughs> going we, deep. We need to be able to end this with like blowing pixie dust at people. <sighs> it is a magical story, and I think there's a lot of value in it, despite yeah. all the weird gaps. And the the last time I saw it. Uh, I feel like I say this every time on this podcast. The last time I saw it was with children. And that mm-hmm. was something special. Was it their first time? Because I <gasps> for some of them it was. Oh. And there were some and there were some teenagers yeah. there too who were kind of on that cusp Ugh. of dealing with crushes and stuff. And I thought uh, what it ended up being, it ended up being some really good um, mm-hmm, material mm-hmm. for talking about some things and and I really like that and that that's how I am seeing it now is it's like it's a great man life and growing up and all this stuff is so complicated for some from reason Peter Pan puts some words yep. to it's a classic it's a classic for a reason like unlike a few other, other classics way. I could mention that who knows why they're classics yes. but Peter Pan is a legit classic mm-hmm. It's a great sandbox. Well, my friend Rebecca is an author and her book, The Luck Child, along with some of her other things course, are available that, on you know, they've Amazon heard about and Kindle. Peter Pan, they're going to Luck... be like, I see Peter Pan traits in here. Well, The Luck Child is very sparkly. I, I think there are definitely some, some sparkly Peter Pan wonder stuff in there. Uh, you can check her out yes. on uh, Amazon. I'm going to try and spell my name. Best of luck. It probably is in the podcast notes. Otherwise, it is R-E-B-E-K-A-H, biblical spelling of Rebecca. And the last name is S-H-A-F-E-R, Schaefer, the bare minimum of letters. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca you are welcome Kendra for doing S. this podcast with me. Thank you for listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. You can help make the show better by supporting me on Patreon. My Patreon supporters get access to cool benefits like early access to commercial-free episodes and behind-the-scenes features. Just look for Patrick Girl Productions on Patreon.com. Next time on The Patrick Girl and Friends. I bought every single person of my six-person family a different version of Pride and Prejudice. Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies is total cool whip, but he is one of my favorite characterizations of Mr. Darcy on film. There's a time travel version of Pride and Prejudice, and I really love it. I could be stoned for this, but I do not care for Colin Firth as (laughs) Mr. Darcy. How dare you?